welcome back to Travoltine Presents Easy Riders. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering the It Girl era. Enjoy the episode. Lucas. Square Dance. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. 1969. Heathers. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Great Balls of Fire. Welcome back, Roxy Carmichael. Edward Scissorhands. Mermaids. Night Night on Earth. This is the retrospective of the first era of the third season of Travolting. Welcome back. What is this? Ladies and gentlemen. What is this? What is this dead seriousness? I'm doing this like um like one of those big like the governor's ball or some like big, you know, um so when you give someone the lifetime achievement award. Oh. And the guy comes out at the beginning and lists off everything that you've done. Mm. What a momentous career, ladies and gentlemen. Um Yeah, this would be our eighth week. I think eighth? our eighth or ninth. Well, because there's three we for did. Travolting, we did right? Three for Travolta. Three Travol- Travolta. We did four for Fraser. Four so this for is Fraser. The this is the eighth career uh, retrospective. Career retrospective yeah. that we're doing for the first era of Winona Ryder. Welcome back, folks. Welcome um, back. Thank you so much for listening to us last week on Night, Night on, on Earth. Earth. We hope you enjoyed it. We had two um, pretty back-to-back banger episodes leading up to this. Yeah, Mermaids, Mermaids and, and Night, Night on Earth. That was both, a fun recording session. Both, both good movies. Mm-hmm. I felt like right. Yeah, we both. Yeah, um, and and this is. <laughs> little little metagaming for the yeah. audience here. Uh, this is also perfect timing for our recording because we're doing this on a day where we're doing this first and then literally, r- or as soon as we're done with this, we're going straight into Bram Stoker's Dracula. Going right the Dracula. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no. Sa- sa- save it. Save it for Sorry, next sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll save it. Save it, it for next uh, so, Got big plans, folks. Got big plans. So yeah, we're going straight into Bram Stoker after this, which is nice. I've already we've just yeah. didn't tell the audience like we've we're coming into this recording having already seen Bram Stoker in preparation for our yeah. recording, so, but that adds to the perfection of the timing of yes. this recording because it's we, a perfect we, timing and also it just you know this is kind of just like the ideal. It's one of the cleanest like cut points we've had yes for an actor's career change i 100 percent agree like we obviously with travolta there was some like back and forth about when we put those points like era three was yeah era two to era three was, it was like, like a little iffy yeah um fraser i was mostly pretty straightforward but even so there was like a lot of fallow periods that would just happen well in era four it was a little it was convoluted. Like four movies it's four movies one of them never came out it's very Wait, no we did it did come out and we watched it in an alternate dimension yeah right, right. what are you talking um, about um, so yeah, but this is not only in the sense that if you don't know anything about Winona in the context of her life story and her career story, if you just look at the filmography, it's a clear cut, Yeah, but it's also a clear cut in her biographic life. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because this is, um, she basically, you know, this is after she's done 10 movies. It's also clean and just numerically. She did 10 movies, um, starting when she was 14 up until she was... 20 mm-hmm. um you know just kind of became a like beside the Nick girl a very popular child star very popular teen star mm-hmm. um, kind of a generational defining figure yeah um in the pop culture yeah and 
after Mermaids and Night on Earth, um, more specifically after Mermaids and Night on Earth was kind of a freebie she did, mm-hmm. she kind of made the decision of, I need to take a break from acting uh, because I am extremely anxious. Mm-hmm. But also, it's time I'm done playing like teenagers or rebellious girl like kids. Yeah. Um, it's time for I want to be like a respected actor, an adult actor. Yeah. And so she takes two years off and kind of, you know, reinvents her persona. And Dracula is the first step of that new persona. She even like, you know, we'll talk about it next week, but she's the one who gets that movie made. She brings the script to Coppola. Yeah. Without her, that movie doesn't exist. Yeah. And so it's a very clean cut point um, because, you know, after, you know, Night on Earth, she doesn't really play that archetype again. Like yeah. that, you know, the little, um, the, I'm trying to think of the word to describe it, but like the little rebellious. The um, rebellious sick girl. The rebellious tomboy Rebellious, tomboy, freakish shit girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she never goes back to that. She'll, like, you know, touch that zone, like, with, like, a 10-foot pole, kind of. Yeah, like, little women, kind of. Yeah, like, she'll play evolutions of some of those characters, but she never goes back to playing those characters. Yeah. Um, right. Until much later in her career. Mm-hmm. Um, when she does, in fact, just make Beetlejuice, too. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, so today I think it's time for us to just kind of look back at these first 10 yeah. and see how we feel about Winona, uh, to this point Yeah, where, you know, we're excited where she's going and talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. Absolutely. And there's a lot to like. Yes. There, it, there's a lot to like and enjoy. I mean, she, she has undoubtedly like a really good first, like, like almost every single one of our actors that we've covered. They have like an immediate skyrocket. Very strong start. Very strong start. I would say, like, out of the three we've covered, Fraser has like the most gradual. Yeah. Um, Because Fraser, it was. Because Travolta's second movie is Carrie. His fourth movie is Saturday Night Fever. Well, and and it's funny I should say that because, like, uh, for Travolta, his second movie is Carrie. Yeah. uh, And fourth movie, Saturday Night Fever. Fraser. He doesn't do anything that notable until Encino Man, which is his fourth movie. And then he has a bunch of medium-sized roles yeah. and other things. And then it's uh, not till George of the Jungle, which is his like real... 22nd movie. 22nd movie. But Encino Man being his fourth movie. Winona, it's her third movie, Beetlejuice. So we're kind of all going back and forth a little bit. Um, so I'd say like Fraser has the most gradual start. Mm. Yeah. Um, Travolta being the most skyrocket uptick, Winona being like somewhere in the middle, but still like a fresh out of the gate strong start. Yeah. Um, and even like her first two movies. I mean, Square Dance. I think we we. But that's like a lead role. It is movie, a lead role. A lead role. I'm, I'm t- speaking purely yeah. in terms of the quality. Yeah. You know, but it is her second movie. Yeah. She doesn't even know like what a light is. Yeah. At that age. Um. Uh, Lucas is, you know, just something that, call it skill, call it luck, just something where she stepped yeah. in front of the camera not knowing what to do, and people liked her yeah, for doing that. Yeah, and it worked. That. Yeah, and it worked. Um, and then and just, just that, like, you know, we call it the it earlier, but also she just had it, whatever it is. Yeah. That just, the second she stepped on a screen, people, like, received yeah. the transmission she was offering. Yeah. And then it's just mostly back-to-back bangers after that. I mean, Beetlejuice... And then two movies later, Heathers. Uh, three movies later, Edward Scissorhands. Then Mermaids. Night on Earth. 
Yeah. We won't talk about Great Balls of Fire. We won't talk That's about Great Balls of Fire. That's my Jerry! Which, Great Balls of Fire, as we've said multiple times, though, on that episode, she is the only she is the only person doing the right thing in that movie. Yes. Which is she's, playing to the younger She's interested in a thing that the movie is, is not interested yeah. in Yeah. If you watch that movie and complain that she acts too immature in the movie, you're missing yeah. the point of her performance. Yeah. Maybe I'm putting giving her too much credit, but I I don't, I don't think you are. I don't I think, think I am yeah. either. I think she that was very deliberate to act as if she's playing like a yeah. 13 year old. And something that I really think about looking at this first 10, uh, this lineup of the first 10 movies is really just the growth as a performer. Like mm-hmm. it is crazy how astronomical it is for movie to movie. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Because like Lucas, you can tell she's it's her first movie. Yeah, she's good in it. But you're like, OK, she's like looking for her marks. Um yeah. She's like nervous. She's kind of stiff. Doesn't know what to do with her hands. Yeah. yeah. But from that to Beetlejuice. I would say even to Square Dance. Even to Square yeah, Dance, she's like has a kind of natural performing uh, yeah. energy to her. Right. By the time she's in Beetlejuice, she's graduated from being a natural performer to being able to play like an absurdist character. Yeah. And pass it off. Yeah. Um, 96 is not really well, but by Heather's, like, she's the lead of a movie fully embodying a character. It's incredible growth that just happens. Yeah, like you don't really you don't really come across that that often, where someone's able to elevate their skill as a performer that quickly, especially at such a young age. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And then I know like there's obviously great balls and welcome home, Roxy Carmichael. Um, but then Edward Scissorhands, Edward Scissorhands is a interesting case study because yeah. she's playing the. It's one of her only movies where she's playing the opposite of what she's used to. Yes. And, She's playing like the preppy. And I won't say, we talked about even about it with your dad a little bit. It, it doesn't do her any favors. Yeah. I, that is not a Winona Ryder movie. It's a movie mm-hmm. that Winona Ryder is in. Yes. She's, it, she basically feels to me like ready to go into the adult era of her career. Yeah. After Heather's. Yeah, I agree. Great Balls of Fire is kind of just like a wash. Rock, Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael is just like a regurgitation of stuff she's already done. Absolutely. Um, Edward Scissorhands is nice. She's fine in it. But That's, it's a Tim it, Burton, Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, it's a Tim Burton, Johnny Depp movie that she's in, like, just to kind of be there. Yeah. She doesn't really have that much to contribute to the movie. No Mermaids is, like, she didn't get any award nominations, yeah. but... She's great in Mermaids. Mermaids is a great movie. But at the end of the day, it is just, like... It's the Cher movie. Yeah, it's, like, the Cher movie, but also it's... Um, kind of just the stuff she's already done. Yeah. Um, Night on Earth is a fun like appearance that she yeah. has. Yeah. But this basically feel like after if she had gone from Heather's to Bram Stoker's Dracula, Whew. that would like I would not say that that's crazy. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, and I'm not discounting the second half of her career. I like a lot of those performances and I like a lot of those movies. Yeah. Um, but it does basically feel like she reaches kind of the apex of her era pretty quick of this first era the girl era um with heathers and is you know re- almost ready to move on at that point yeah because i almost want to discount lucas because it's her first but after lucas i don't really think of any like major misses in yeah. her in her side yeah on her end there's on not her really end there's not really any misses um and we're and you know when she gets into the next era which we're, we'll talk about very soon um it's the same thing it's like immediate hit 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 or if not a hit then at least like a f- critical beloved movie yeah it's um i think just really impressive when you look back at it it is 
It is very impressive. And uh, like if if you're growing up in this time period and you're like a Winona yeah. fan, it makes you excited for yeah, where, made, where she would want to be going. And it makes me really excited for what we talk about next. Yeah. That we get to, you know, continue to track this career, which is so, you know, interested in improving and growing itself. Yeah. Not to talk about her as like the career is a separate thing, but, you know, it does just have this this upwards trajectory. Yeah, because we go from her It Girl era um, where she's the rebellious, you know, outsider teen to working with Coppola, Scorsese. Um, she does, you know, Reality Bites is import- is like an important movie for its time. She's mm-hmm. in a Meryl Streep. She gets an Oscar nomination for Little Women. Age of Innocence. Age of Innocence, yeah. Um, eventually, you know, she's in The Crucible. She does an Alien movie. Like, it's all, like, just right. upwards momentum for the next few years. Yeah. Eventually, you know, we come back down a bit when we get to, like, 2000-ish. Yeah. But, you know, she just carries what she's built in this era so impressively mm-hmm. into what we're going to see coming up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so... Stuart, I, we should probably just talk about what our favorite movies. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, I feel like this recap was always going to be a little bit short. Yeah. Just because, like, it, what can you say about it other than it's just impressive. like it's an impressive, strong start and it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. She found her rhythm very quickly yes. and she's only still growing. Like, yeah. that's that's really all you can say about There's it. There's not a lot of actors who you can say, like, had it so quickly. Like, you know, so a lot of actors, you know, they take a while to kind of grow their star ability and star persona. Mm-hmm. And she just comes out so fully formed. Now, real quick, Jeff. It's like Tom Cruise-esque. Yeah. You've been reading the biography. And is there like sort of a summary chapter something about these years in her life? Um, or Not really, besides what I've already talked about in the individual movies. Well, I, can, I can tell you like when she gets to the end of this era, that it's a big transition point for her personally. Yeah. Because she does, you know, she's uh, takes time off. Um, she's really kind of getting overwhelmed by the industry on a personal level. Right. Just like the amount of work and the amount of expectations that are placed upon, you know, a young actress. Yeah. Um, Any time. And uh, that's what really leads to her being, if I'm going to put myself through this, I want to do impressive adult work. Like things that appeal to me and my interests rather than just, you know, yeah. being successful. Yeah. And so she looks back on this era very fondly, and you know she's like, "This is what developed me and gave me all the tools that I would develop as a performer, but that I'm not interested in doing that anymore." And that's very strong and smart of a performer to know. All right, I succeeded at this; I will not do it again. Strong and smart of a performer that started it as young as she was. Yes, I think she's already avoiding the mistakes of our pri- previous yeah. two subjects of this, where it's like she's going to keep doing the same thing. Right, I'm gonna keep doing the. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing what works. And the moment I step out of my comfort zone, it doesn't work. I'm gonna re- retreat back. Yeah, and it, it it's what makes this whole chapter of our podcast extremely interesting. Yeah. It's like it's a whole new batch of lessons and yes, things that aren't very relatable to the other two. Like Fraser and Travolting have like similarly parallel careers where yeah. they have downward spirals, resurgences, another downwards like things like that. Yeah, and where is this? I I mean, granted, um, you know more about like the overall broad context of Winona than I do, so yeah. you might be more familiar with like her upticks and downticks. Mm-hmm. But I de- like if you put these three subjects 
popularity curves on a chart, yeah, this third one is going to look a look like it's going to look different, pretty drastically different. Yeah, I feel like. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, we're not much to talk about in this era. So as you were alluding to, Jeff, should we go to the favorite, least favorite, underrated? Yes, I think we should do our usual. All right. We love the sound effects, don't we, folks? Yeah, we do. I'm, I'm being a little more conservative with them. I learned my lesson. <laughs> you learned your lesson? Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so I think it's pretty clear to me that my favorite movie in this era is Heather's. Yeah. I think Heather's is... Um, it's just a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's iconic, and yet um, I'm blanking on the fucking word I want to use here. Um, dis- not disruptive, like challenging. Yeah, challenging, iconic, and yet challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, smart but funny. It's got it's a perfect package of a movie to me. Mm-hmm. That even though it's so of its era and of its time, it still rings true today and still works. Hmm. And in fact, maybe even works better nowadays. Yeah. Looking back on it as, you know, a time capsule of its time. And I agree. I'm almost tempted to even think about putting Mermaids up there. Mermaids the is your time. I really like that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I like how all the different subjects it takes on in a smart way. It doesn't let any of them drop off the wayside where you kind of forget about them. Um. I said this in the podcast, but, you know, that movie is like the epitome of what you talk about, Jeff, where movies are about a lot of things. And Mermaids does the perfect, like, Mermaids, every movie juggles a lot of ideas Mm -hmm. and themes. And Mermaids is, I think, one of the very few movies that juggles them all perfectly balanced. It does a good job at keeping everything. Yeah. Even killed. You handle the religious trauma subject very well. You handle the single parent household subject very well, the older yeah. sibling, the sexual awakening subject, like all these things, like how a, a, a male figure would enter into a fam, a single yeah. parent family life and adapt a, to that. It's also a very Stuart movie. It is. Mermaids is a very Stuart movie. It is. Movie. It it's is. about a family. It is. It is. I, I like that when I describe it a Stuart is. movie, I just say it's about a family as if not like 80% of movies are about a family. family. Yeah. Well, it, it does have those sweet spots yeah, for me. It has know? that specific Stuart energy. Yeah, it does. So I, for that reason, I'm going to put Mermaids at my top. Mm-hmm. Mermaids is my top. Um, uh, for my bottom, I'm going to say uh, Great Balls of Fire, uh, Sexual Predator, Jerry Lee. <laughs> yeah. Don't I, need that. Yeah, I would also, no, I would also say Great Balls of Fire for sure. Goodness gracious. Oh my god. Uh Dennis Quaid a little too good in that performance. <laughs> a um, little uh a little too committing. Dennis um, Quaid in that performance is like biting into a whole honey roast ham and just Yeah, right, right, right. So, um and then underrated um I don't really know if there's anything that's underrated here. Maybe maybe I would just say mermaids. I don't think Not it's Not that underrated. I think people hate that movie, but maybe I think I'm almost going to say Lucas. You think Lucas, maybe? Only because I remember Lucas having like that twist where it's like, oh, like, like he gets hurt on the football field and they find out like, oh, no, like he doesn't live with a rich family. He lives in a trailer yeah. park, whatever. And that actually and then it doesn't end with him getting with the girl. It And it ends up with him accepting their platonic relationship. Yeah. Like I thought that movie did something interesting for the time yeah if i remember correctly the way we talked about it it's an 80s movie that actually 
recognizes that a man and a woman can have a platonic non-sexual relationship it's like um the inverse of when harry met sally but for <laughs> but for kids exactly so i think that's interesting that the, that movie yeah. does that and so for that reason i i i put lucas in my underrated i would I, i'm gonna pretty firmly say mermaids i don't think that it's underrated in the traditional sense of mm. like people hate it but i don't think it kind of gets enough attention a lot i don't think it gets much attention mm. i think it's kind of a forgotten i don't want to say forgotten but it's semi-forgotten movie because i couldn't realistically say not on earth because that movie i think gets the attention it deserves as being like a fun little cute movie yeah you know um so yeah to to all that to all that degree yeah. um yeah i'd say that's a pretty good list of yeah. mine um i know like maybe we've done this in recaps before we always forget about the format of our recaps because they're so far apart but like is there a movie you're looking forward to the most uh in the next era jeff oh god it's the age of innocence the age of innocence Uh, i love martin scorsese yeah i am very excited to see that movie um i hear it's about just the most romantic movie about yearning and Mm -hmm. longing ever so very excited uh we got two winona uh costume dramas back to back bromsberger's dracula and the age of innocence yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I would, I can't say Bram Stoker's Dracula because I'm going into this recap yeah, having, having already seen, seen it. it. Um, Have you seen that movie before? No, it's my first time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, oh, yeah, we'll have some awesome. I have thing. crossed oceans of time to find. Why'd you have to fucking say that? I was gonna wait for. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it's beautiful line. Um, I, <laughs> when I say this, you're gonna reach across the room and strangle me but i'm Are you gonna say alien resurrection no 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 no. okay no 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 because i'm kind of cheating with i'm this kind answer. of excited to talk about alien resurrection. i am looking forward to talking about first the crucible and then alien resurrection that's a fun back-to-back it's a fun it's <laughs> a really fun because back-to-back. how fun back-to-back yeah do do you have those scheduled for the same day you don't I can though. I can you think. should reschedule it so we're doing those two movies on the same same recorded session. Have you seen Alien Resurrection before? Oh, you I, you know I've seen Alien Resurrection. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and I'm gonna have a lot of thoughts on that movie. Me too. But the other reason why I'm actually also interested in the Crucible is because I the last time I saw it was like probably like high school English. Yeah, weirdly a big high school English movie. Yeah. Um, let's wa- let's read the Crucible and then watch the Crucible movie. Yeah. So I'm interested in looking back because when I was. From what I broadly remember, my high school yeah. self remembering was that I liked that movie. Yeah, no, it's I good. actually liked. It's good. So I, I'm interested in like my almost thirty year old self watching it and thinking, the second of our of our Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, um, double will be the second of our Daniel Day Lewis. So I, I that 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 double feature I'm very much looking forward to the Crucible and Alien Resurrection. That I'm just it's gonna be a fun time. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think I I mean. I mean, yeah, I think I think we basically summed it up. Yeah, it's it's one of our recap episodes. We just kind of do it to say what we said. Yeah. Um. So make sure to tune in next week. Um. Hope you enjoyed this first error. We're gonna continue covering them. Uh. We got two more errors for Winona. Um. Possibly three. We gotta decide. Um. <laughs> but uh, next week we're starting our second era, which we're tentatively calling Dramatic Explorations. Probably come up with a better name. Uh. Mm. Down the line with Bram Stoker's Dracula. So that is why it's cool next week to listen to the episode. As always, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and the YouTube. Pop into our Reddit, r slash revolting. 
at Travolting Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, Threads. Find Jeff on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Find me on Twitter at Count Dracula. <laughs> Special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for the graphic design and Michael Van Bottegum-Smith for the theme of music. Ah, ah, ah.